Hi friend, welcome to Charge My Core, where we are all about navigating the journey of self-discovery together. My name is Susie and I'm determined to change the world by having vulnerable conversations and deep connection that goes beyond a screen. I will help you uncover who you are at your core with insightful discussions, inspiring guests, and interactive challenges to get you out of your scroll and into your soul. This podcast will help you strip back who you think you should be to remember the wildly capable human you already are. Think of it as a cup of tea, a hug, and a kick in the butt all at once. So while we're striving for more, let's take a minute to slow down and charge our core. Welcome back to Charge My Core. I am so excited you're here. Today we're going to talk about feelings, all of the feels, feelings are cool, and how to process like a boss. Now before you turn this podcast off, I promise, like usual, we're going to make it fun, we're going to make it entertaining, and we're going to make it relevant to you. So often we shy away from topics that are heavy or confronting or weird because we find that the conversations difficult to have. But I find the more that we can just make them normal conversations, free from all of this kind of scientific jargon and making yourself sound a lot smarter than you are, you can be smart and you can still speak in an accessible way that allows people to absorb what you're saying. So that is where we're at on Charge My Core. If this is your first time here, welcome. We're all about self-discovery, in particular examples things that help us to accept ourselves, to discover more about life, about our our emotions, our feelings, what makes us tick. And we are also exploring digital wellness, how digital detox can help us to become more self-aware and how our habits around technology can really shape our social, emotional, and overall well-being. So that's what we're about. We're also about having fun. So don't worry, we're going to make all these topics interesting. You're not going to be drowning out some monotone voice. I'm here to bring the energy today. (laughs) So let's dive in. Let's do a quick overview of what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about things that we should learn, that we should be taught in school that we aren't, and how to get curious about those things as adults. What is the difference between emotions and feelings and some basic tips for processing your emotions and some mindset tips behind processing and what you need to give yourself some grace in and you know what works for me because this is really meant to be a discussion, a thought-provoking podcast that allows you to find your own answers and get curious about doing your own research because let me tell you a secret. If you're listening to the pot, this podcast, for all of the answers, you're in the wrong place. I'm here to make you think. I am here to give you questions and to present you information in a way that empowers you to figure out what is really important to you and what deserves your attention right now. So let's dive in. Processing emotions and feelings is so high up on the list of things that we don't get explicitly taught but are expected to know and impact literally every area of our life. 
Processing our emotions and our feelings is crucial in our relationships, in our business, in our journey of self-discovery and self-acceptance. It's crucial in our ability to overcome difficult and challenging situations, i.e. a global pandemic, and anything else that you might experience over your lifetime, like grief, heartbreak, moving to a new city, transitioning from one season of life to the next, which is something that we do a lot and we need a lot of support in. Why don't we learn this? I just don't understand. I've come up with a few reasons based on my research, based on all the work that I've done in this area of life. I think that one reason is that it's very time consuming. It takes a lot of time and sometimes it's easier to just zoom through life and be busy because that is a coping strategy that people use instead of processing their emotions. This podcast is designed to make time for things that we don't actually normally make time for, like talking about the process of processing, right? And that could be a meta emotion, emotion about emotions, which is a a term that I love because I'm someone who has literally all of the feels. I have emotions about emotions. I feel anxious and then I feel anxious about feeling anxious. And then I'm like, oh my God, what am I doing? So This is an important thing for us to realize that it takes time. Learning how to process your emotion is not something that you do overnight. It's not something that you say, oh yes, I have this information now and I can execute it perfectly. Because even mental health professionals, even people who are really good at processing their emotions, they still turn to negative coping mechanisms. They still have to remind themselves of their strategies. They still have to adjust their processing based on their season of life, based on the situation. And it is always that work in progress. So it is something that takes time and attention. And a lot of times, parents or teachers do not know how to process their own emotions. So that is why they are not explicitly teaching because we are often raised to believe that you can only teach something that you have mastered, where I believe that we can have conversations, we can open the dialogue to show that there are things and parts about being human that we all experience, no matter what our profession is, no matter how educated we are, no matter what our season of life or our socioeconomic status, there are parts of being human that we all share. And emotions and feelings are one of those things. Now, It is definitely part of society to actually suppress our emotions. You might hear things like toughen up, man up, good vibes only, right? People are really scared of negative emotion or perceived negative emotion. And that is because it is time consuming to deal with and because it can sometimes make things worse before things get better. So as I said, this is an open discussion about this. I am in no way a licensed professional and I highly, highly advocate for having a therapist, having a counselor and not waiting until things are really, really bad in your life to get professional help. 
Feelings are cool and so is therapy. So if you have the chance, if you have the means to get into a school counselor or, you know, if you have um, counselors appointed to your work or if you have or you're living in a country where there's free health care and you can get some support, it is so helpful whether you are going through a specific trauma or crisis right now or not because I've learned so much from the professional help that I've gotten throughout the years of my life. Another reason I don't think that we were taught how to process our emotions is because there are so many coping strategies that are normalized in our society that could have very negative implications, but because it's just the way that it is, we gloss over it and treat it as if it is normal, such as overworking, substance abuse in many different forms, whether that is casual drinking or all the way to alcoholism and other substances that are abused in a way that is deemed normal in society. We also have things like retail therapy or numbing using social media or technology for distractions such as TV or watching films. These are things that are normalized and in moderation can be great techniques to self-soothe, but we have to remember that just because something is normal in society doesn't mean that we can't question it and doesn't mean that we need to reevaluate and explore what is the most helpful for us. So I want to start with something very basic, which is defining what is the difference between an emotion and a feeling and are they interchangeable? They are definitely related, closely related, but an emotion is a bodily reaction that is activated through neurotransmitters and hormones. So an emotion is a very specific response that happens usually physically in our body. A feeling is the conscious experience of that emotional reaction. So for example, I have anxiety. I have generalized anxiety disorder. So for me, when I notice that I have a tight chest, then I can associate the feeling of anxiety with that tight chest because for me, that is one of the first symptoms that I get, the first physical symptom or emotion. So it's not that important that you understand the difference because they are so closely related, but as an emotion and feeling and emotional intelligence nerd, I think this is so interesting. So we're going to talk about some basic tips for processing because like I said, why does no one teach this? Why is this not something that we all have heard about before? And if you haven't gone to therapy, my guess is that you have never heard about this before unless you follow a lot of therapists on Instagram and you happen to nerd out on this information like me, then this will be a great refresher. So the first step is to notice it and to name it. So for example, like I said, a a tight chest, right? Or maybe your eyes or watering. And then in this step, it is very important for me to separate the storytelling that I associate with that feeling or emotion, right? So this is a very easy way for us to spiral into internalizing these emotions and thinking I'm worthless, I'm unlovable, I'm irresponsible, all of this storytelling that happens. Instead of doing that, we just want to notice what is happening in our body and name it. Call it out. If you need to journal it, if you need to say it out loud, everyone will be different in this process, but it is very important to notice it and to name it, right? Then the second step is to give yourself permission to feel it. Whatever it is, 
It's allowed to be here, right? Whatever it is. I personally find that it is helpful to not label this a positive thing or a negative thing. It's just a thing. It's just an emotion. It's just a feeling. It's a combination of both, right? That permission to feel it. I have struggled with this as an optimistic, upbeat, goofy, happy-go-lucky person. I have struggled with the permission to feel my feelings for a long time. That is why I'm including this as one of the first episodes of the podcast because I believe this process of processing your emotions is such a crucial part of self-discovery. Being okay with the parts that maybe you aren't so good at, maybe that you gloss over or that you numb out and that that's why you're scrolling. That's why you're addicted to your phone. That's why you're addicted to video games. Just getting that curiosity lens about the process. So number one is to notice and name it. Number two is to give yourself permission, right? Whatever it is, it's allowed to be here. Number three is to feel it. Spend time feeling it. I think this is a great time for this little tip of setting a timer and letting yourself have a pity party, right? It is so important to not get swept up in our emotions and feelings and thoughts and to believe that that is the only existence there is, right? Because we are not our thoughts. We are not our feelings. We are observers of our thoughts and feelings. So spending that time to feel it, set an actual timer on your phone. Set five minutes, 30 minutes. A friend of mine suggests getting in the bath. You could go for a walk and literally cry. Do whatever you need to do, but feel that emotion, right? And then number four is to release it. So how do you get that emotion, that feeling to move through you? Release it by crying, journaling, dancing, punching pillows, talking it out, right? Maybe you're an external processor. I personally need to talk things out. I need people who can listen and offer support. And luckily, I know that about myself. So I have many different people that I can go to for different types of situations, whether it be entrepreneur struggles or expat struggles or just normal dealing with living life with a mental illness struggles or just millennial struggles. There's so many adulting struggles. There's all of the struggle. The struggle bus is real, especially in the global pandemic. So I figure out those ways that I release it. So it's notice it and name it. Give yourself permission feel it, release it. And the last one is an optional one, but one that I find to be extremely helpful for those of us. Maybe you're an Enneagram seven like myself. Maybe you are just a self-proclaimed optimist, but I struggle to stay in negative emotion for too long because I find that I can spiral downward quite quickly. So I like number five, the last option of processing to be reframe. Can I label this as something more helpful while acknowledging my feelings are still valid? So for example, I have ADHD and anxiety. I'm an entrepreneur. I am prone to stress and overwhelm. But if I label my feeling as overwhelmed, right? That just the word itself makes me feel overwhelmed. And I am so 
prone to this emotion, to this feeling. But when I unpack it, I know that every single situation where I have felt overwhelmed in the past, I have found a solution. So I am resilient. So how can I reframe this overwhelm? How can I think about how to take this process one step at a time, whatever it is I need to figure out? And for me, I do that through external processing, right? And this, the secret about this is that there is no secret as that these are just the basics of processing emotion and that every single person is a work in progress. No one, it doesn't matter if they're the Dalai Lama, Oprah, Brene Brown, no one knows how to perfectly process their emotions. And there are people who do years and years of research, who go to school to be therapists and psychologists and they still in their personal life are working through processing their own emotions because it takes courage. It takes courage to look at and notice and pay attention to our own behaviors and our own coping mechanisms. And it takes courage to talk about it. It takes courage to admit it. And sometimes we need a combination of a lot of support, a lot of different avenues of self-expression in order to realize that Committing to processing our emotions is not like committing to exercise, right? Emotions and feelings are so much more complex, but when we learn the tools, we can apply them to so many different areas and it becomes easier the more that we do it. Wowee, that was a lot. So in true Charge My Core fashion, we are going to break up all of the heavy emotion talk and we are going to remind ourselves that play is just as important as processing, right? You have to take breaks. You have to take mental breaks from dealing with the emotions and the feelings and the thoughts because we know that we are observers of those thoughts and those emotions and those feelings. We are not our thoughts, right? And that to me is the power of mindfulness. And we're definitely going to get into that in further episodes. There's just so much to dive into. And I'm so excited that we have this community here to be able to deep dive into all these topics that bring me so much excitement and joy. I'm literally smiling from ear to ear, talking to myself in my apartment with my big old microphone and I'm loving it. So I hope you're enjoying it too, wherever you are, in your car, uh, on your commute, maybe you're in the shower, maybe you're in the bath. My friend messaged me and said she was in the bath listening to my podcast and I was like, that's a weird picture, but you know, it is what it is. So let's think about how we can stay playful, how we can stay joyful amongst the processing. And how do we do that? Well, we infuse things that bring us joy into our life, just like we are infusing knowledge and vulnerability and all of these new topics, or maybe topics that we just want to dive deeper in. How we infuse those into our life, we also need to infuse things that make us happy, that make us feel creative, that make us feel loved, that make us feel connected. They are just as important as the quote unquote work of processing emotion and the work of going to therapy because there is a life to live, right? There is joy to be had and the present moment connecting back to that present moment is so powerful. And that is what I love about mindfulness. That is the number one lesson that mindfulness has taught me is that no matter is what's happening in my brain, if I can connect to the present moment and I can affirm to myself, 
I am safe in this moment, right? That is such a powerful emotion. If you find yourself worrying about the past, worrying about the future, the affirmation, I am safe in this moment helps me so much. And I need to repeat it very often. So when you think about these things, you have to remember just like everything else on charge my core, your recipe is going to be different than my recipe. You might have things that help you process that are way different than mine. You might not be an external processor. You might not want to talk about your feelings to everyone you meet and anyone who will give you the time of day. I do, but that doesn't mean you have to. That doesn't mean I'm doing it better. You just need to be real with yourself about what helps you to work through those emotions, noticing it, giving yourself permission, feeling it, releasing it, and optionally reframing it. Those are the framework, but that could look so different. That could be an external processing experience. That could be something you do in therapy. That could be something you do with a trusted loved one. That could be something that you do in a journal. It looks different for everyone. But for most people I know who have committed to doing the work, it gets worse before it gets better. When I stopped numbing my pain with recreational alcohol use and partying and going out, I realized that all of the grief and the trauma that I experienced as a teen was still there and I still had to deal with it, right? Suppressing our emotions and suppressing even large periods of trauma in order to survive and in order to get through it doesn't mean that that's not still there, right? It's still there. And so when you stop doing things like partying through those feelings instead of feeling them, then it's going to get worse before it gets better. And that is something where I find it is so helpful to find people in your life who care about this. And it might be professional help, and I highly advocate for that, as I've said many times in this episode. But it also might just be connecting with a friend or a family member who has the same diagnosis as you if you have a mental health diagnosis. And I often find that running clubs or fitness groups, online groups right now, obviously we're limited to what we can do, but that is how I got into this personal growth, personal development world, and my journey of self-acceptance and self-discovery was through physical health. And if anyone is listening to this and you're struggling with your exercise routine or your nutrition and you're looking for something quick and simple and effective, I help people, that is what I do for my business. I am a coach and I help people with cementing their holistic daily habits, utilizing fitness programs, nutrition programs, and community and connection. So being a part of a group, a Facebook group, and we have WhatsApp boot camp groups where we are focusing on bettering ourselves a little bit each day. And we talk about topics such as mental health and mindset and therapy in a very open way. And sometimes it really does help to be a part of an online group because then these people don't know every aspect of your life. I get that it can be awkward to open up to people in your life and friends who maybe you haven't talked about those things with. That's okay. It's really beneficial for us when when we are processing our emotions to have multiple sources of support, whether it be our partner, our parents, a therapist, a coach, The more support, the better in my book. And you can have people that you know that you can go to with specific issues 
to help process. And you should also have people in your life that establish boundaries with that as well so that you're not just getting people venting in your inbox all day, every day, right? Do you have space for this right now? That is one of the most respectful and powerful questions that my friends ask me on a regular basis. Do you have space to support me right now? And sometimes my answer is no, and sometimes their answer is no, but that's why multiple sources of support is so important and understanding how to process. So let's recap how to process your emotions 101. Notice it and name it. Number one. Number two, give yourself permission to feel it. Number three, feel it. Number four, release. And number five is the optional reframe, which deserves an episode of its own. Feelings are cool and so are you. You are going to be processing like a boss in no time and still be a work in progress, just like all of us, because you are a human. And if you want to continue this conversation between episodes, please follow my new Instagram, Charge My Core, for this podcast, where we talk about all things self-discovery. Thank you so much for being here. It means so much to me and I will see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to Charge My Core. If you vibed with this episode, take a screenshot and post it on your Instagram stories and tag me at enthusiasm because if you connected with this episode, then I bet your friends will too. Together, we can figure out how to charge up ourselves as much as we charge our devices. Until next time, focus on less scroll and more soul.